release vision in this room today. There's power in vision. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18 makes this statement written by the wisest man that ever lived, King Solomon. He said, where there is no vision, the people perish. Perishing isn't really on any of our intention list. It's not on our bucket list. Perishing isn't, you're not going to find anybody that, that says, well, in my bucket list, I got the word perishing. No, and that, that isn't anything that anybody wants to do. It isn't anything that anybody enjoys observing. We all hate to walk that path where someone has perished in the natural, but it's equally important in the supernatural. And we need a spiritual vision to be released in our midst so that we walk not into, in a place of perishing, but that we walk in a place of life. Uh, I, uh, we mentioned it, Brother Cunningham tweeted it uh, sometime last year, and I, I jotted it down, and I've remembered it. He said, where there is no vision, the people perish, but where there is a vision, the people flourish. And, and our prayer is, somewhere on your bucket list, I pray that there is flourishing. I, I, I pray that somewhere you, you took time to say, God, I, I want you to grow every area of my life, but I, I need some flourishing to happen. I need a spiritual flourishment to happen. I need just a plant to, to grow forth in my life that, that on that plant there's the fruit of the Spirit and, the, and there's the gifts of the Spirit in action in my heart and in my life. I need that kind of vision today. I need that. And there's great power when that vision is released. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Would you pray together with me? Jesus, we spent time already praying about needs in our world, praying about needs in our church. God, praying about needs in our community, our city. But God, we're praying about individuals right now in the next half hour that we have together. And God, we can frame the conversation, but unless you speak, nothing will happen in this room. So... God, my greatest prayer is that your word would be declared. And God, that you would release that vision that's going to bring life to somebody in this room. God, somebody that's watching online right now. God, you want to do that for them. You've got great plans for this year. Only you know the plans that you have prepared for us, God. But we're praying that that plan would slowly be unfolded in lives today. In your name, in Jesus' name, we pray. Would someone just speak that name? In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. This year of 2020, we are looking at our vision, our desire to have spiritual 2020 vision in the year 2020. On New Year's Eve, we, we took some time and preached about the power of vision and and in that, the end of that service, we passed out a paper, and, and maybe you didn't get one, or maybe you did, but on that paper, we just had five blanks, and, and, and the title at the top of it said, uh, five things that I'd like to see God do in the year 2020. I believe that God is going to do these things, because in the, in the Word of God, in Habakkuk 2, in chapter 2, he said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. And sometimes you got to pause in all the activity that's happened in your life and you just got to write down what God releases to you about what, what he would desire to do in your life. 
When we get thinking about it on our own, I, I tell you, we, we, we have all kinds of ideas that can come into our head. But if we spiritually look at our lives and we take the spiritual lens and we allow it to bring, come into focus, then in that moment, God will release a vision in your life. And when he does, then we need to release that vision. We need to write it down. As a matter of fact, God told the prophet, he, he knew the prophet was going to receive it. He knew the prophet was going to hear it. He knew that the prophet was going to declare it. But he said, write it down, make it plain so that he on a tablet so that he that runs he that reads it can run he that runs may read it and and that's what we've got to do in our lives we've got to take some time to write down what we believe that God is releasing in in our spirit what God is releasing in our church what God is re releasing in our family we got to take some time and and just write it down and and maybe through the message this morning if you got a pen grab a pen and and just as God is beginning to talk to us about some things you need to write some things down so so that vision that God is is, is releasing in our midst can come to pass in your life so that as you get running along, I, I like how the prophet said, so he that, that, that he that's running can read it. Because we get running through life and, and too often we get distracted by what, what happens on Monday morning. And we, by the time we get into Monday at 8.30, we're already forgetting about what happened on Sunday at 11.30. We're already forgetting about what happened in the Sunday services. We, we've already forgotten. But, but if we take some time and we write it down and, and it's a vision that God gives us, let me tell you, you're not going to get so easily distracted. It's going to come back to your mind. Post it, post it on the fridge or put it on the dash of your car. Put it on the, the front page of your phone so that when you open your phone, it's right there. Write the vision and make a plane. Whatever God releases in your spirit, begin to declare it. Begin to receive it because God is about to do some powerful things in this brand new decade in your life. Five things that we needed to see God do in our hearts. And that, that was New Year's Eve. Last Sunday morning, we discussed the inward look. That before we have that outward look and before we have that ability to look down the field to what God is about to do, then we've got to take an, a good inward look in our lives. We, we have to purify ourselves. Examine us, the, oh God, and purify us. God, search us and find whatever is not right. Find whatever shouldn't be there and get it, get it moved out. Get it, get, it, get it out of our lives so that we can see clearly. Our vision gets distorted by the mess that happens in our lives. The sin that crops up, the, whether, it's, whether it's intentional sin or unintentional sin, sins of omission or sins of commission, whether, whether we meant to do it or didn't mean to do it, it, it's still all that stuff that clouds up our spirits so that we can't see clearly, we can't hear clearly what God wants to declare to our church. We talked about that inward look. Well, this morning I'd, I'd like us to look at our onward look, our, our corporate vision that God has given to us as a, a body of believers, a vision that God wants to release in our church. And, and I, I'll share just a few things that, that I wrote down about vision. And, and I believe that most of you would echo these vision for our church for 2020. I, I have a vision of revival. I got a vision of full altars and busy baptismals and powerful outpouring of God's spirit. I got a vision of that because that's what we need. I got a vision of revival that, that there's a hunger for people to have the word of God active and engaged in their lives. Not just on Sunday, but every single day. I'm praying that God would let that vision come to pass. I'm praying that that vision, what I see off in the future, would become a reality. And I, I got to tell you, I feel a difference in the spirit this morning. There's power in this room right now. There's a hunger that's stirring in people's hearts and in people's lives. I, I feel it. I sense it in the worship. And I'm grateful that we've got the college with us today kind of help help fill the gap would you welcome all the students 
But I'm praying that that, that vision of revival, they say, well, that's just about as basic as you can get, Pastor Jack. You're right. But it, can it get any better than that? Is there anything that we need more than revival? Than a church that's on fire like it's never been on fire before? Is there, is there anything that's more important than that? I can't think of a single thing that's more important than that. Because I tell you, if God will bring a revival to a church, then God will bring a revival to families. And if God will bring a revival to families, then God will bring a revival to communities. And if God will bring a revival to communities, then God will bring a revival to a city. Do we have to take it a step further? We may as well, because it's about vision. If God will bring a revival to, to communities, then God will bring a revival to our cities. And if God will bring a revival to our cities, then God will bring a revival to our province. And if God will bring revival to our province, then a little have-not province called New Brunswick, Canada, can impact a revival all the way around the world. That is what we can believe God for, but we've got to have a vision of it. Without that vision, we're going to perish. I have a vision of families, already leaned a little on that, but a vision of families being restored, a restoration in relationships, a restoration in family altars, a restoration in families that pray together and stay together. A restoration, a vision of our families that there's a shift in the economics. A shift in the economics because we understand the concept of kingdom blessing. Pastor's preaching hard to us with strong meat. He's challenging us to that next level. He, he's saying don't stay down on the molly grubs. Get up, get yourself up and, and let's get walking uh, like, like the people that God has called us to be. Let's, let's put the milk aside and get, get the meat of the word engaged in our spirit. That meat's going to strengthen our spiritual muscle. That meat's going to sustain us. Uh, anybody just missing meat a little bit? Any Daniel fasters in the room? Are y'all, maybe they're all so weak they, they didn't make it this morning. I just can't get full. I can eat, I can eat as much fruit as Kathy puts on the, on the counter. We bought a whole tray of Bartlett pears. They're half gone. Or at least a few of them are gone. Yesterday. We, we bought out all the bananas at the Irving. Justin sent us a picture of the bananas that were left. He's like, they're, they're green. They're just green. There's no yellow in there at all. I, but there's something about that meat that, that God is challenging us. Come on. When we ingest that meat, the strong meat, then something powerful happens in us. There's a strength that comes. There's an authority that comes. There's, there's, God wants to do something powerful in us. God wants to do that in our families. That, that challenge that he's bringing, that vision of families with restoration, kingdom blessing, redemptive lift that occurs. I, I have a vision of that for our homes, for, for our, our husbands and our wives and our children and things that happen in our Sunday school and that it's going to grow and our youth group is going to grow and that our families, there's, there's power, that there's going to be return, there's going to be revival in our homes. I have a vision of that, a vision of signs and wonders and miracles that occur in our midst because that's apostolic. A vision of crutches that are laid down and people walk out. We, we, we have to have a vision of that. Of doctor's reports with big X's through them. We got to have a vision of what God wants to do with signs and wonders and miracles. A, a, a vision about people that 
where there was impossibility and hopelessness, all of a sudden God enters the picture and we see a sign, a wonder, and a miracle. And it's, it's for our benefit and we're going to rejoice and we're going to celebrate. But it's going to be a sign to the unbeliever about a God that's at work in our midst. I have a vision of that for CCC. We, we have that vision. This, this is personal this morning. I understand. I, I try not to preach with the word I very often, but, but that, that's just, it's personal. I can't, I can't preach your vision. I got to talk about mine, but I, I'm just challenging you. Why, why don't you write some stuff down on paper and begin to put it before God and say, God, I, I'm writing it down, the vision that you're giving me. I, you, you, this didn't come from the enemy. He's not interested in the church being in revival. He's not interested in the church being on fire. He's not interested in your family connected and, and moving forward in the plan and the purpose of God. He's not interested in that. That comes from God. I have a vision of what God is going to do in daughter works and communities and that the apostolic footprint of our church, that that's just a part of the church at large, is going to be expanded in our area, that it's going to happen through OCC. It's going to happen through ECC. It's going to happen through CCC. It's going to happen in, in areas. It's going to happen in, in other apostolic churches in our, in our city, in our, the limits of our city, that God is going to bless and that God is going to bring revival, that God's going to bless Brother Tracy. I, I'm believing that. I, I, I'm believing that God's going to bless Brother Trail. I'm praying that God would bless Nason Worth, and, and I'm praying that God would just do all of those things. The power of his word would be released, and, and that that apostolic footprint just gets set down, and we take territory in the kingdom I'm believing God for that believe in God for that believe in God for revival and I already said this in our city in our province in our nation and in our world the end time harvest and the kingdom that we get to be a part of that extends beyond the borders not just of our communities our cities and our our nation but that God is allowing us to be a part of what's happening across seas and across oceans I'm grateful almost weekly that we get emails from Brother Brother Jason in China. Thank you. See, Pat, we worked together for about 26 years now. He doesn't have my notes. He's got a vision, though. China. Baptisms that are occurring almost weekly. In a world, their world, that is so oppressed. But I have a revival of that all around the world. And I'm wondering if someone would just say, Pastor Jack, I echo that this morning. I, I echo that in this room. I, 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 I can see what you're talking about. It's, it's just coming into vision now. It's starting to see it a little bit clearly. Now, those are things that we preached about for years. But I'm telling you, in 2020, that God has placed us in this season, in this time. It's the end times. It's more end times than it's ever been before. So we may as well step to the plate and be the church that God said was going to be here in the end times. It's dark out there. It's dark out there, but we have the promise from Zechariah 14 and verse 7. It shall come to pass that at the evening time, it shall be light. That in the middle of the mess, in the middle of the darkness, in the midst of everything that's going wrong, in the evening time, there shall be light. It, it may seem dark to everybody else, but God is going to release light so you have vision to see what he wants to do through you and what God wants to do in you. I, I, I'll agree with you. It's a mess out there, but in the evening time, it shall be light. 
in 2020. It's dark out there, but it shall be light. I, I was reading in the scripture in Exodus 14. I got, I got a little excited. It, it says that the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud from before their face and stood behind them. And it came to pass between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud and darkness to them. There was darkness to them. It was a, a dark mess to the Egyptians. But it said, but it gave light by night to these so that no one came not near the other all the night. It said on one side it was a mess of darkness. But on the other side that angel moved in and made light on the opposite side. So Israel didn't have to walk in the darkness. They got to walk in light. They had this vision opportunity that didn't exist for Egypt. Egypt was stuck in darkness. But Israel was there in the light. Church, here we are. In the midst of 2020, it's dark on the outside, but the angel of God has moved in and said it doesn't have to be dark in your life. It doesn't have to be dark in your church. It doesn't have to be dark. You can claim with Zachariah in the evening time, it shall be light. Come on, the angel's moving in position. He's getting in place to let somebody know it doesn't matter how dark it's been in the evening time, it shall be light I wish it just kind of raised both hands and claimed the promise come on light is breaking in Light is shining in the midst of darkness. We've got the promise. Just a little bit of light overcomes a whole lot of darkness. But we don't have just a little bit of light. We've got the light of the world. We've got the light that's going to shine through all eternity in the city where the Lamb is the light. That light is at work in this room today. We've got that light. So release it in the midst of darkness. Isaiah said, declared this promise. He said, say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with a vengeance. Even God with a recompense, he will come and save you. He gave us this promise in 35 verse 5. The next verse, he said, then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as in heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out, and streams in the desert, and the parched ground, somebody just get a hold of it, shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water, in the habitation of dragons, where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes, and an highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err their in. Come on, we're talking about the promise that God gave through Isaiah to our world, to our day, that the eyes of the blind shall be open and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. It's going to happen in the natural. Get ready for it. The eyes are going to be open. It's going to be blind, brought sight. It's going to be deaf, brought hearing. It's going to happen because God said that it could. It's revival. That's what happens when these signs follow. Them that believe the miracles begin to occur. So claim it. But don't just claim it in, this, in the natural. Begin to claim it in the supernatural. Begin to see. Come on. Begin to see somebody that's been spiritually blinded but their spiritual eyes opening up. Begin to see it and believe it's going to happen. 
the problem is too often we lose hope. We get so used to some people being around. We say, well, that's just the way they are. And that's just going to be the, the, the way that it's going to be. I wish we'd just kind of move that thought aside because God wants to revive. The whole idea about reviving is somebody that was alive is now dead, but God wants to bring them back to life. So it doesn't matter if they've been dead for three days. It doesn't matter if they've been dead for three weeks, three months, three years, three decades. doesn't matter. Here's what we've got to believe, that God wants to bring life to the lifeless, that God wants to turn it around, that God, come on, there's got to be a stirring in the supernatural, a hunger for God that we have never had before. That's, come on, it's something that just lifts in our spirit. That is going to happen in the supernatural. I'd like to bring you to the last portion that I'd like to speak about this morning. For Samuel. It's a dark chapter in Israel's history. Samuel hasn't even entered the scene yet, but his mom has. And I'll just give you a little background. Samuel was the promise given to the prayer of a barren mother. If you read through the text, you'll find stuff won't satisfy the desires of a barren womb. Verse 5 of Samuel chapter 1 said that Hannah gave, but unto Hannah, Elkanah, her husband gave her a worthy portion because he loved her. But stuff didn't satisfy Hannah. It wasn't the stuff that was in her home. It wasn't the stuff that she had on her shelf. It wasn't any of the knickknacks that he brought home to her. I don't, I don't know what she collected. I don't know what, she, what possessions kind of fired her up. I, I don't know what she looked for online. I don't know. I don't know what shops she shopped. I don't, I don't know what she had in her Amazon.ca account. I don't know what was in her cart waiting to get paid for. I don't know. tight in here I don't know what it was but whatever Elkanah could give her he gave her gave her a worthy portion scripture says but that didn't satisfy her having plenty of food didn't satisfy her barren womb Elkanah her husband there in the midst of a meal and he said to Hannah why weepest thou and why eatest thou not and why is thy heart grieved having a husband didn't satisfy her barren womb he said am I not better to thee than ten Sons, all those things didn't satisfy Hannah. There was only one thing that was going to satisfy Hannah, and that was a baby in her belly. There was only one thing that was going to satisfy Hannah, and that was children. There was only one thing that was going to satisfy her, and that was when something moved on the inside of her, and she realized that life was about to come forth. You see, in the heart of every church, there was a desire for fruitfulness. We can ask all the wrong questions and we can go sometimes in all of the wrong directions. But in the heart of every church, there is a desire for fruitfulness. You see, we get unsettled when altars are empty. We get upset when baptismal tanks aren't stirred. We can have stuff, but our heart is grieved. You can be the bride of Christ but if new birth isn't happening in the altar, then there's something that happens in your spirit. Empty altars call for empty plates. Empty baptismals push us to fasting and prayer. And that's exactly what Hannah did. For Samuel chapter 1, it says Hannah rose up. She'd already got questioned as to why she wouldn't eat, why she couldn't, wouldn't eat the food, and why she was so upset. 
And it said that after they had drunk, Eli the priest sat upon a post by the on a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. But Hannah was so bitter in her spirit. She was so upset. There was something that was stirring. There was a burden that was inside of her. It, they, they, everything could be right on the outside. They could have all kinds of stuff. But, but, <clears throat> but she knew that everything was a mess spiritually. She knew that there was a mess on the inside. She knew that everything wasn't together. Eli was in his place, but he had already been removed as the spiritual leadership of the nation. His sons were immoral messes. Lust of the eye and lust of the flesh and pride of life had already taken their place in their spirit. They didn't mind at all pushing people for the offering that was supposed to be God's and they took it for themselves. They, 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 they were just supposed to put the flesh hook in and whatever came out was theirs. But, but no, they were demanding the sacrifices that were brought to the temple for themselves and, and they were just fat on all of the things that were supposed to be the Lord's and God was not turning a blind eye to what was happening amongst his priesthood. Eli was just a figurehead, it seems like, and I read through commentaries that, that he had already passed off the leadership to his children, to his sons, and, and he was there as a figurehead. But, but here in this place, in this dark time in Israel, there's one lady who will not be content with a barren womb. There's one woman who on the inside, she said, I can have everything that everybody wants around me, but there's something on the inside that I know that I need. She, she, she knew that if she would just get before the Lord and if she could just begin to pray, and, and that's what she did, and Eli didn't understand it. He'd been so far removed from the supernatural hunger that he didn't understand what was happening in his own eyesight. He didn't have any spiritual vision. She was in bitterness of soul. I think I just fired Siri up for somebody back there. Revival, please. She vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts. Now, listen, let me back up a verse. It says that she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. She vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall be no razor come upon his head. If you'll look, God, and if you'll remember me, and if you'll give me, if you'll give me that child, then I will give him back to you. And she had no idea that that child that she was ready to give back to God was going to be the, come on, he was going to bring revival to the nation. The word of God that had gone dim. The word of God that had been silenced. The word of God that was almost out of the way. Hophni and Phinehas weren't going to bring the revival. Eli wasn't going to bring revival. But in her belly was that promise that God was given to a woman that was desperate before him to pray for that promise. And when she did, Something was happening in the supernatural. I'll tell you, there's been prayers that have been prayed and something is happening in the supernatural. Birthing is about to occur and revival is about to come. If we're ready for it, if we'll pray the prayer that needs to be prayed, then God will hear us from heaven. It came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. Hannah, she spake in her heart, but only her lips moved. Her voice was not heard. She was so she was in so much contrition. She was in so much desperation that the, the voice had simply gone out. She was just mouthing the words, God, give me a son. God, give me a son. Give me a son. 
And he, he didn't understand it. And he, he thought she was just drunk. How long will you be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I'm a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I've drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I've poured out my soul before the Lord. When we begin to pour out our soul before the Lord, God is going to bring revival. The truth is a childless church is a dead church. You look through scripture, God takes barren wombs and brings blessing over and over and over again. Genesis chapter 11, we find it with Sarah and Abraham. Genesis chapter 25, you'll find Rebekah. Judges 13, it's Manoah praying for Samson. In Genesis 30, it's Rachel. Give me children or I die. In Luke 1, it's Elizabeth. John the Baptist in her, in her womb yet to be released. It's, it's, it's those barren wombs that God over and over and over again brings fruitfulness from. Don't worry when, when we look around. Don't worry about the position or the place that we're in right now because sometimes it's, it's a season of barrenness before God brings about great blessing. Let me paraphrase for the sake of time this morning. She brings Samuel and dedicates him to the Lord. In 1 Samuel 3, 1, it says, The child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. You say, well, how did God do that? Let me just tell you, if you're willing to serve, God will work through whatever means and measures he needs to. If you're willing to be a minister, college students, CCC, if you're willing to be a minister, it really doesn't matter who's in the middle. Serve that person with faithfulness. Serve whoever God has placed you in the presence of with everything that you have. Because God honors that faithfulness. It said Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. That he was under Eli, but he was ministering to the Lord. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. And here's, here's where we're, we're, we're driving. There was no open vision. In the midst of a visionless place, God positioned Samuel. I'm not saying that we're out of vision. I am saying that we're almost out of time, though. Music, you can come back. It came to pass that when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. Someone say, no vision. Just before the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep in that dark place of Israel's time. In that dark season with Hophni and Phinehas totally off the beam spiritually. With Eli no longer connected. With the Philistines prepared to invade. It's going to get a little worse before it gets better. The Ark of the Covenant is going to be removed from its place. It's going to be in enemy territory. There's going to be a battle. Hophni and Phinehas are going to die. There's going to be a baby born. It's going to be the epitome of the season that they're in. Ichabod, the glory of the Lord, has departed. The word of the Lord was precious, so rare. God had a voice, but no one would hear it. God had a word, but no one was willing to receive it. 
said that there was no open vision. Here's a God with all ability, all authority, all power, great promise. He's, he's already spoken to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's released promise through Moses and Joshua. He's got all that for Israel. But they're unwilling to receive the vision that he has for them. Except for one child by the name of Samuel. Eli, the priesthood, he's laid down to sleep. The ceremony, the activity is no longer functioning as God intended. The Bible says his, his eyes were waxing dim and the lamp of God was ready to go out in the temple. Samuel lays down to sleep in that season. Priesthood in shambles. Hophni and Phinehas are involved in lustful relationships. The offerings being commandeered. All the fat that was the Lord's was being taken, eaten by the priests. It was evening time. But don't be dismayed because God's got a plan for evening time. And in the middle of that darkness, and in the middle of that mess, and in the middle of that evening time, 1 Samuel 3 and verse 4 says, The Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And the windows of heaven open. And promise finds a path to come into the children of Israel through. It's just a boy. It's just a child. It's an unexpected opportunity for Israel. They don't even know about it likely. Hannah knows. But it's just that boy that's been prepared to hear the voice of God. Vision's going to be released because if the word of God can come and if the word of God can find a landing place, then vision is going to happen. Vision is going to be released. It's going, you're going to see what you didn't see before. The word of God, the faith that comes along with God's word is going to release the prophetic promise in your life if you're willing to receive it. And Samuel is. I like how the scripture ends, and you can stand together with me. I'd like you to spend just a few moments around the altar. I know I'm preaching to the choir this morning. You're all here because you believe what we're talking about. But in case the enemy's kind of moved in, if things have got a little dark, or maybe you've been discouraged because of what you're faced with, because of what's surrounding you, God wants to release vision in this room. I, I, I know that he does and I'm praying against every distraction it's that call that comes in the midst of a dark place and it's someone that hears it and says here am I you say, ah, Pastor Jack, I don't have it all together. I can't, I don't have it all figured out. Can I tell you, Samuel didn't either. As a matter of fact, he was running to Eli saying, did you call? Did you call? And finally, Eli puts two and two together and said, you know what? The voice comes again. It's the Lord. You don't have to have it all figured out, but here's what you need to have. God, here am I. 
I'm here, God. I'm here for 2020. God, I'm here. Release vision in my life. Release vision about what you want to do in me. God, release vision about what you want to do through me. God, release vision about what you want to do in our church and in our community. God, release that vision. Release that. And God, don't, don't exclude me. I, I want to be in the middle of it somewhere. Come on, I, I just need someone that's got a little bit of hand and spirit. It, it, it transitioned over into, into Samuel's life. Someone that just, you, you, you can't be content with, with the way it is. You, you've got to, you've got to lean on for more. You've got to press in for more. I, I'm just looking for a hungry heart this morning that, that is going to push away from the table and wants to find a place to pray somewhere because you know if you can just get into a place of prayer that God is going to release something in your spirit. God is going to release something something in your life. God's going to do that work if you'll just hear the voice of God. Here am I, God. Here am I in 2020. Here am I. Here am I. God's still on the throne. The ark may be displaced for, for a few months. It may be out of the way, but here's what I know. God hasn't got off the throne. He's still in control. He's still the bringer of everything that you need. Final verse, 1 Samuel 3.21. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. For the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. There's a shifting from the ceremony and the ritual to the prophetic Israel. If you can just see it and if you can just receive it, there's a shifting in the, come on, there's a shifting in the supernatural. It's not just going to be church as usual. It's not just going to be like it was. There's a brand new, come on, there's a brand new prophetic unction and vision that God wants to bring God release that vision come on I felt a difference in prayer service on Friday night I wish you just kind of release that that for a moment come on there's a Hannah in the room somewhere there's a Samuel in the room somewhere God, the future that you have for us, the plans that you have for us, we don't even know them. God, we can't see them yet, but, but God, I pray that you release them by vision. God, I pray that we see in our mind's eye. God, let there be the power of the prophetic at work in this room. God, we declare revival. We declare outpouring. God, we declare be opened to our communities. Be open, God. We declare revival in our home groups. We declare revival of evangelism. God, we declare revival of your word being spoken with authority. God, we declare a revival. Come on, cry loud. Spare not. Don't stop now, church. We're just, come on, we're coming to that that precipice. We're, we're just getting ready to, to move over into the promise that God has for us. God, my home, my family, my church. In the name of Jesus, God, we declare promise over our community. God, we declare promise over our city. God, we declare promise over our region. 
God, we declare revival for every apostolic pulpit. God, we declare strength for every apostolic pastor, preacher, evangelist. God, we declare power. God, we declare that strength of the Spirit in every minister. God, in every, every person in position, every person, God, that would desire to be used. Everybody that's a member. God, I pray that you would activate, accelerate what you want to do in us, Jesus. Ah, hear our cry. Oh, Lord, attend to our prayer. Jesus, give us children or we die. Don't let us have empty altars. God, don't let us have empty baptismal rooms. God, don't let us have empty baptismal tanks. I pray, Jesus. Ah, you love Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. pray 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 over your family pray over yourself I wish I, I wish someone just put your hand on your own head for a moment and just begin to pray revival in your spirit revival in your heart if you're near someone you want to pray for them put your hand on their shoulder pray that revival would come into their their life come on you may be come on you may be at home right now you're just getting ready to click the webcast off I wish you just pause for a minute a minute and I wish that you just begin to pray for revival in your home pray for revival in your location wherever you are pray for revival in your church if you're if you're not from CCC come on let's just pray for a few moments something can birth in the supernatural if we'll pray Come on, come on, get ready for revival, get ready for it, prepare for it. Someone, you got to dust the crib off, you, you, you got to get the nursery ready. God's getting ready to pour out His Spirit. God, God's ready to bring, getting ready to bring brand new birth to the church. Get ready for it. Come on, get ready to dust off the Bible study chart. 
Come on, get ready to find your place, your prayer place. Get ready to find your seat, that season of prayer every day. Come on, get ready for it. Get ready for what God is about to do in your life. Get your schedule prepared for it. Move some things aside because get ready about this season. God is about to do a great work. We'll sing a chorus together.